Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. Hello and welcome back to another episode of An Irishman Running Abroad with me, Jarlath Regan and Sonia O'Sullivan sitting beside me here with her brand new microphone. Give us a give us a little bit of a dose of the sound <laughs> off this thing. We're we having a bit of a testing one, two, three moment here, are we? <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's just uh, it's so much clearer and crisper. And what I think is the true test of whether a podcast idea works or not is if even if the audio isn't perfect on our first pilot episode, what the response is. And the response has been unanimous. We've been inundated with your emails, messages and comments over on Patreon.com where you can hear the full episode each week with people saying they want to come on board and they want to do this with us, Sonia. So that's that's brilliant. And I mean, it must have felt great for you to read those messages and realize we actually we are on to something. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, I mean, running is one of those hot topics at the moment. And uh, sometimes you think, you know, is there so much information out there? How much more do people need? But, you know, there's so many niche areas and I suppose people with experience who can share those ideas and thoughts with people who are new to running and, and people who want to, you know, get better with their running and learn more. You you pointed out to me when we had a couple of chats about this and I, I only realised it as you said it, that when I was going to school in the Curra in the 80s, that you we knew one running man in the neighbourhood. You'd see him at hail, rain or snow, the running guy locally. It is, were you that running person in Cove? Because now it's like there's a wash of people on the roads now. Um, I was probably one of a handful of runners. You know, there was a there was a few older than me. There was one man, Jerry Fitzpatrick, and he was he was the marathon man. You know, he used <laughs> to run the Dublin Marathon every year, and everybody knew him. And you know, he used to run laps at a track. He was the only person I knew who had a stopwatch, even. Um, <laughs> but his stopwatch had a metronome, so if you kind of came up behind him and you ran a few laps with him, you just had this beeping sound going. And it was. And I remember I spoke to this about somebody to another person recently and they were like oh yeah I remember that you know he used to drive us mad you just have a chat with him for a few laps and then head off but that's what kept him going you know now people go out there and have their headphones in and listen to music or podcasts or whatever it is but you know Jerry, he used to go around there with the metronome, keeping him going no, <laughs> one weird. step at a time. So so another reason to think of, think of him weird. It's just so strange and great for us that so many people are jumping on board and giving this a go, myself included. And 
I thought the subject for today's episode, as you have probably read in the in info, is the fear and the risk and the reality of injury and probably the main turnoff for a lot of people. And in a lot of the messages I received were people saying, I'd love to get on board with you and Sonia and do this. My concern is injury. And it was mine, too. I have had so to give the listeners a little bit of a background. So I obviously played basketball to a pretty high level right up until the age of 19 when I basically blew out both hips or ground down the socket of both hips. I I dislocated my shoulder and collarbone and never really managed to get back. And I'm sure there's others who can relate to this, that you've either got a lingering thing or something that happened in the past that makes you think this is off limits for me. I won't have the knees for this. Let's start out, Sonny, with what do you say to those listeners that have got in touch with that? It's quite strange, really, because a lot of people would come up to me and they'd say, do your knees, you're not having fun with your knees. And like, I, have, I mean, rarely have I had any knee problems. I mean, I, I'd like to say never, but I did have something there. But it was related to riding a bike. And I said I was a little bit different. But, you know, knees were one of those things I never even thought about it when I was running. And it's a big fear that people have. But we have, you know, so many more, I suppose, vulnerable joints and things in our legs that I think you have to look at your whole body rather than just the one part of you that you think is going to be sore. Mm -hmm. You'll have one thing that stands out, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's your problem. Right. Because every injury that you get, particularly with running, is related to some other part of your body because they're all interlinked and you have to kind of start with your feet and your feet is normally where all the problems arise from. Okay. And so well, when you look at your feet, then you have to look at your shoes. Well, before we get there, right, just before we leave the knees thing alone, there is a part of me that was like, I never had problems with my knees when I was below up a certain weight like I felt like when I was competing or when I was doing sports uh, as a youngster you were just so light on your feet that you weren't putting the same stress on your knees but obviously I'm a bigger dude now and I know that my I know what my fighting weight is and the best weight I feel best at is part of the reason why people are worried about their knees is because they they know they're bigger than they were And maybe part of the reason why you, Sonia, have never suffered with your knees is because you've always been around 55 kilos, which is, you know, will make people's heads spin now (laughs) listening to this. When I saw that weight, I was like, holy moly, Sonia's like just Um, tiny, like that's a tiny weight. So very unlikely that you were going to have trouble with your knees. I suppose, yeah, I suppose I don't ever really think about it that way, because I suppose I've always tried to maintain, you know, a kind of a decent I put I, maybe a running weight. Right. You know, I, would, I definitely would be nowhere near as light as I was when I was competing at the high level. So, you know, I would see myself as a bigger person and a heavier person, mm. even though relative to, you know, I suppose people who don't run or train as much as me, I probably still would look more like an athlete. And, mm. you know, I always say looks are deceiving. You know, if they turn up on a start line and you're ready to run around in the local fun run and Everyone looks at you like you're going to win the thing. And I said, no, no, looks are deceiving. <laughs> you know, this is just this is just the, the front here <laughs> so I can fit into my running gear. And I guess we will. Doesn't mean I'm going to we will run have, so fast. Yeah, and we will have to, I guess, in a later episode in the series, 
talk about diet because the you know another question I received this week was what to eat before and after running and it's something I've struggled with too because you want something in the tank to keep you going and you want then to replenish and you know eat something afterwards but you're inclined to get a pain in your stomach if you eat too much i guess that's for another day let's go let's go back yeah that's a whole that's a whole big area that we we would definitely will cover down the track yeah so you said you said start at the bottom right start start yeah. with your feet now previously you even last week you mentioned that you know, people will brag to you about how old their shoes are I read you're meant to change them every couple of hundred miles. What's the thinking here? Is it that the runners are built to fatigue a bit like an Apple product is designed not to work after a certain point? Yeah, I mean, I think the shoes definitely wear out and they lose their, like anything, they lose that new feeling. They lose that springiness. It's just a great feeling to put on a new pair of shoes, but especially if they're, you know, a new good pair of shoes like you know mm. they can't be any shoes they have to be ones that match you up so you know it's a good idea to go to a proper running shop and okay you know be assessed by somebody in there they'll often get you on the treadmill and get you to try different types of shoes for the type of foot that you have if you have a high arch or a low arch and you know the type of running that you're going to be doing you you know you'll have to answer all these questions and then you'll fit into some category and there'll be about five different types of shoes that, you know, might be suitable for you. Yeah, somebody said now, to me that if, if the they say shoes, to you, if this was the line I looked up that I think is the key to this thing that you're mentioning here, if you say to the person who's selling you your runners, why is this shoe right for me? And they go, I don't know. You need to get out of that shop. So the shops that you're talking about are these like athletes foot type places where they'll actually yeah, well, have a computer. running shops in there's specialist running shops in most places like here in Cork, John Buckley Sports, you know, would be the, the number one go to shop for most people. Um, we might have to go and get a list of running shops around the country, I think. And I'm sure we have some international listeners as well, you know, so there'll be some recommended shoe shops out there. But, you know, if you if you go on, you'll get a lot of reviews from people and, you know, you'll be able to find shoe shops that people advise and say they get really good service at where, the people in the shops know what they're talking about. A lot of these running shoe shops will employ runners mm. and um, they'll be willing and able to give you the time to, to choose the right shoe. Okay. Um, and sometimes it comes down, you know, the person in the shop will tell you this shoe is perfect for you, but it might not be the color that you want, you know, mm. <laughs> and then, then that's when things get a little bit tricky because people like to look good as well when they're out running. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes the running shoe is where you might have to compromise on that and go with the comfort rather than the look, I think, and especially for your first pair of running shoes. And then you can be on the lookout because as the new shoes come out, the color ranges change and, you know, you might be able to find something that you think, yeah, this is this is a better look, but it's also a good fit. OK, well, let me ask you this then. Right. So I've gone to uh, let's say I've gone to one of these specialist shops and taken the Sonia Sullivan advice to start down with the base level, your contact with the road or the surface that you're running on. They do an assessment and they go, right, well, you pronate this way or whatever words they want to use. And based on this, you're you're landing here and this type of shoe will prop you up on this side. That's not actually fixing or addressing whatever is 
off about your form or run. And I've had that assessment done. I think I had it done in Elvery's on Suffolk Street. And I was like, mm, I see what you're saying, but doesn't that show that I have an imbalance there that I tend to do to put load of weight on this side? Now, when I looked into this in preparation for this episode, this imbalance is kind of at the heart of a lot of injuries. Yeah, like we, we, everybody will have different weaknesses in different parts of their body. Like I, for me, my whole left side is, that's where I always get my issues from. And, you know, I don't have a definitive reason why, but my belief, and I think this is for a lot of people, you have to understand yourself as much as somebody telling you why you have something wrong with you or what it is. And so my belief is it's from running around the track, you know, mm, going all one those years way. ago, yeah. going in the same direction all the time and not just going the same direction, but going in the same direction at high speed. So there was so much force going through the left side of my body that obviously after all those years, it's impossible to correct it because mm. you would never run the opposite direction at mm. the same pace. Yeah, it would, it would definitely cause a lot, of, a lot of problems at an athletics meet if you insisted on going the other way. Sorry, you would. I had to it jump in with the joke there. My, during the week, my daughter said to me, she said, you know, she said, I think I could run faster if I went the other way around the track. <laughs> and I said to her, there's no way. I said, nobody does that. So then we came back and I spoke to a couple of elite athletes who were finished a training session. And I said to them, have you ever run a lap of the track? the opposite direction as fast as you can. And they laughed at me. These are Olympic athletes. <laughs> so they laughed at me and they said, no, I've never done that. I don't think you could. And I was the same way. Like it's something, I don't know, it'd be interesting if there's anyone out there who's ever actually run 400 meters the wrong way around the track and how fast have they done it? Well, because it's just something that people don't do. It's, it's not, not the done thing. And right, let's, so, no. the, so not everybody's running a track, but this point that you raise here of going the same way, always the same time, it does have an application to the newbie that I am, right? Because obviously I'm going to run on the right side of the road in Ireland or the UK with the traffic coming towards me for safety purposes. But the road is cambered a certain way, just just the way, as you described, the track will be. So I'm I'm putting my right foot down lower than my left. So more of more more than likely that's going to have an impact over time. So this raises the question of if outside of addressing our muscle imbalance through some form of weight training or analysis, uh, should we all be trying our best to find an absolutely flat running surface for our runs? Uh, uh, not really, no. I think, um, you know, it's, it's not very practical to do that unless you're going to run around the track and switch direction every few laps. Because I think it's a really good idea to run off the road. And, you know, this is going back to injuries and, you know, impact injuries like knees and hips and ankle joints. It's a really good idea to run on soft surfaces. Mm -hmm. And this can be grass, which is fantastic. Um, but that can get a bit wet and soggy in the wintertime. And then that's not great. 
but it's good in the summer. And then also parks, like so say forest parks where you can run on forest trails or along a river bank. So depending where you live, you know, there's got to be somewhere with some kind of soft training area. And, okay. and a lot of people wouldn't even know about this. So it'd be great, you know, to help people out. If people say, oh, I live here. Do you know any places to run? Because, you know, wherever I go in Ireland, in the world even, I always, well, you know, before iPhones and iPads and, you know, digital maps, I used to always go to the hotel or wherever I was and look for a map. And then, okay, where's the closest park? Where's the closest kind of off-road place I can go for a run? Mm. And then you totally avoid, you know, running on cambered roads, up and down footpaths. And, you know, sometimes we all have to do a little bit of that. But I think, you know, it's great for variety and it's definitely worth the effort to look for a place that's a bit more suitable for running and, you know, varied terrain as well. So then you do move a little bit more in your foot Mm. because otherwise you're just landing the same way all the time. And then that again leads to injury, repetitive injury. So, you know, it's it's one of those things running. It definitely there's a lot of wear and the tear on the body through running, but through variety and varying, you know, the train, the terrain that you run on, get in the proper shoes, you can help to avoid that and, you know, look after yourself a little bit more. Okay, so one thing I read was that if you strengthen the body itself, along with what you're describing there, that really the way the science has gone is that they're not looking as much at treating injuries because I guess medicines all over that, right? They're more focused on establishing why some people don't pick up injuries. Uh, We all know someone who seems to be out and about doing stuff all the time and never seems to have a problem whatsoever. And from what I can read and just for the listeners, I haven't read much, but I and this is my role on this show is to ask Sonia stupid questions a lot of the time. But they said that at the core of this is actually trying to strengthen up the body so that it prepares itself for what you say is the grind of this, the impact of it. So that before your foot hits the road, your body is actually preparing for the impact and has the strength to deal with the impact, whereas somebody who hasn't done that won't, just won't have the stabilizers or the shock absorbers in place. When you were starting out, Sonia, obviously this stretching itself was was a foreign concept in Ireland at the time. And weight training was often another galaxy. And everybody always talked about, oh, you don't want to do that or you'll stunt your growth was the thing that kept getting said. When you, when you look back, what was your biggest mistake at the start of your career and throughout it? What do you wish you knew to avoid injury? And when you think about, let's say, the stress fracture that you arrived at, at Villanova with, what now that the dust has settled, do you attribute the injuries you suffered throughout your career to? Well, I think, yeah, a lot of it of injuries I suffered, they would definitely be related to what you were talking about there about um, what we call it's prehabilitation now. So you do instead of going for rehab, which is after an injury, you actually do some exercises and strengthening to prevent yourself getting injured. And that definitely would have been very foreign to me. And 
you know, it's even hard for me now because you become ingrained in the way you do things over sure. so many years. And, you know, if you're going for a run and we all have busy lives, you just lace up your shoes and you run out the door. Hmm. And I've done this throughout my life. But what I have learned in more recent years is, you know, that if I can do some form of strengthening exercises, and this might not necessarily be on the days I'm running, but maybe after a run or, you know, you can become very addicted to running and want to run every day. And so then if you have a day and you kind of think, well, I'm not running today, but what will I do? But if you have planned in some, you know, rehab, prehabilitation exercises for running and they're very specific, so you probably need to get somebody to help you out with this physical therapist or, a, you know, you'd have people in the gym who are very good at this and you tell them what you want to do, where you need to build up some strength. And it's really good to get, you know, the mobilization in your in your hip flexors and your glutes and your ankles and in this all and in your knees in the middle will slot into it. Yeah. Um, and it just what it means is that it takes the pressure off the bigger muscles like your calves and your hamstrings and your quads, which, you know, if you just lace up your shoes and run out the door, they just kick into action straight away. Mm. And then all the little tiny, what do you call them, tendons and, you know, all the smaller muscles, they just go along for the ride. Sure. And so then the big muscles get tired and the small ones, they just get weaker. So you have to, I suppose, be more specific and they can be a little boring, some of these exercises. But if you go, you know, with a four week program of consistently focusing on, you know, strengthening all the little muscles that are going to help you, then you'll notice a big difference. And yeah. a, lot, a lot of this can be done. You can do it in Pilates classes are great for it. Um, or you can go to the gym and you can do the specific exercises for specific areas. But, you know, you do need to find someone who's not going to think this is the most important thing. Because the most important thing, if you want to, you know, get better at running is to run more. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you but then you have to do stuff so that you don't stop running. And that was my problem always was that I always wanted to run more and faster and further. And so I didn't really have time to be sitting around doing these exercises and I'd keep running until I could run no more. Right. And then I'd have to go to the physio and say, oh, I've got this sore foot or leg or whatever, can you fix me? Whereas if I had listened a bit more to my body and you can, you sense these things coming along because you see meet people all the time and they'll have a bit of a sore ankle or calf or whatever it is, but they keep running through it mm. and it's getting worse all the time. And that's, it's a tricky area because there's some running injuries that you can run through and there's others that you do have to come back a little bit and maybe run a little bit less, yeah. maybe go on the bike or do some cross training for a few days to let the injury heal enough so that you can run through it. Well, like um, the, the prehab you mentioned there, I mean, we like we're only on technically episode one, if you conclude our pilot as a kind of a taster of what we were going to talk about. But we're in quite deep water here. Uh, and I know that for some <laughs> listeners, they're going, what? I got to I gotta now do strength training before I go. But I, 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 I think, I think we, we're we need a, to get an expert strength trainer on here. Sure. Well, <laughs> well, I am in the process. Yeah, we can do that. I definitely am in the process yeah. of getting guests on the show to relate back and to loop back to what we're 
we're bringing in here. But I guess the, you know, the, the main focus of this show is how do I avoid injury? So essentially, these exercises, which can be done watching telly, just or with, you know, music on in the background and it can be done in your house on a on a rug. I looked up a few of them. I mean, probably the the most bizarre one I saw was a thing called a donkey kick where you're on all fours and you're sending your one heel back up into the sky with the leg bent. And while doing that, they recommended balancing a brush on your back so that you do it without uh, you do it with the correct form and it looked oh, Sonia, we, need, we need to get a video of you doing to get this a bit, i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna put up a list of these and then in late in a later episode we'll get a strength trainer on and we'll do it as a conference call between the three of us because no doubt i'll ask the stupid questions and you'll ask the good ones but here's the one thing that i really found shocking in my preparation for this episode and that is according to runner's world the jury is still out on stretching can you talk to us a little bit about this i mean I always attributed all of my injuries from the 80s to a lack of stressing and stretching that took place in Kildare at the time. We never cooled down. We never stretched afterwards. What do they mean by the juries still out on stretching? Well, it's stretching is a big area of debate among runners and stretching is kind of a general term. And it's something, you know, back in the 80s, you know, it was kind of touch your toes and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas stretching now would encompass lots of different warm up exercises and then you'd have warm down exercises and it's not necessarily stretching your body and pulling your muscles, you know, but more of a gentle stretch. And I think also now it would be more of a specific stretch. So different people would do different things that would kind of wake them up a little bit. Like when I go for a run these days. I have five exercises I do and they warm up my ankle. So I just do a few ankle turns and then I'll get my my hips and my glutes warmed up just standing and lifting my leg up and down in a kind of a marching formation. Mm -hmm. And then a few variations of that. And it's really just kind of things to to wake up the muscles a little bit so that when I start running, I'm not starting off so slow that it's nearly walking, Mm -hmm. but I can actually get into a decent running pace quicker because I'm warmed up and I'm ready to go rather than warming up into the run, which is another way of doing it. You can start off very slowly and then gradually warm up and get going. But yeah, stretching, I mean, I think if you like it and you feel it helps you, then it's good to do it. And sometimes I do it, you know, I have different routines that I will follow and I'll have different times when I might stretch, but then other times I could go for weeks and months without stretching really? and it just depends on what you're focused on and doing and I really stretched a fair bit when I was training for a marathon five years ago and I was very specific about doing my stretching at least twice a week mm-hmm. and I definitely felt that that helped me a lot because when you train for a marathon you run a bit more and so it's a it's a lot of the same motion over and over again and just by stretching out it was just I mean it was probably a a method of relaxation as well and getting me to lie down and do these exercises and kind of 
but you have to think about it you know you don't you're not just standing there and you know touching your toes or pulling up your leg behind you to stretch your quads or you know they do have to be a little bit specific and and I do have a chart of 10 exercises that you know if I get into the I suppose the rhythm of doing it then then I will I will do that okay well maybe we'll um, share that too uh, so we, the, can, we can yeah yeah so one of the things that I read which hadn't reflected on but when they said it I was like yeah now that makes sense that the the pre-run stretch has to be dynamic it can't be static uh, and I guess that's that's a rookie mistake as we talked about in episode one me the noob would think I've got to give my old quads a good stretch here and I'll lean against this wall to stretch out my calves I know what stretching is and this at least even prepares me mentally for the idea that I'm going to do this. But actually, uh, dynamically, you explain what's the difference between a dynamic and a static stretch then. And people will know well, one's for before and one's for after. A dynamic stretch is, is for helping to warm up your muscles. And particularly, you know, if it's cold and, you know, it's heading for the winter and you're inside in a nice warm house and then you step out into the cold and your whole body will freeze up before you get going. So if you've warmed yourself up a little bit inside before you go out, then, you know, you're more likely to have less problems. Mm. Um, you know, running is one of those activities that you're better off going out with less clothes on than more because you warm up very quickly um, when you're running. But you don't want to be so cold that your, you know, muscles are taking too long to warm up. So if you can do a little bit of a dynamic warm up, indoors or in a sheltered area before you get started then you know you're more likely to have less problems mm-hmm. the static stretch like that does have its place as well because particularly as we get older our muscles tend to tighten up a bit more and we lose the flexibility that we had when we were younger and you know younger athletes typically they don't really need to stretch too much because they're very flexible anyway and they've got these more supple muscles and better joints you know I notice now when I run on kind of rough ground I don't have the same shock absorbers as I used to have and mm-hmm. you can feel every bump in the road and you know it's it's kind of like when you you know when you drive into the roundabout and you get those bump bumps along the way and you just feel these things and it's not very comfortable but you know it's just one of those things that I know it's because I'm older and the all those shock absorbers I used to have that you would help you to spring along on the ground are gone. So, um, you know, you do so have annoying. to just, <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. It's not like a car. You can't go to the, to the, to the workshop and, you know, add in a few extra springs. You just have to manage what you have and, you know, pick the surfaces that you run on. So for me, I love to run on grass because it's just so soft and, you know, it's, it's funny in, in Australia, and a few other countries, you, I would run on golf courses a lot. Really? And um, I, I noticed in Ireland that's nearly prohibited. You know, it's mm. uh, <laughs> they're sacred, the golf courses. And um, so you just get to sneak on every now and then and get a little bit of that really soft grass. Yeah. Um, you just have to kind of, you know, run the same direction as the golfers and, and hide duck. in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> before we get to the final thing I want to talk about, and that is the you know, the slow build, be the tortoise, not the hare in this process and how that runs us into the risk of 
boredom. Before we get to talk about that, I do want to announce to the listeners uh, on Sonia's recommendation, our first event, our actual first thing that I am going to enter on this road towards wherever we're going, whether it's a marathon that I run with Sonia, whether it's the Dublin Marathon, we have to start somewhere. And you recommended, Sonia, a brilliant event being run by the Ireland Funds. Irelandfunds.org is where you want to go. It takes place on September 19th. Not that far away. <laughs> a little bit scared. And it is their remote global 5K. Now, Ireland Funds is an incredible organisation that really helps an awful lot of disadvantaged areas and charities across the world, offering grants and through a number of services and events that they run across the year. You probably already know who they are. And this event would usually take place, obviously, at a destination. But instead, they're going to run. They're allowing you to run your own 5K in the place of your choosing. Share your photos on social media using the hashtag #YLGlobal5K and tag Ireland Funds. Invite your friends and your family to run with you, but you can do it in increments. You can do it. You don't have to do it all together. And in that way, I think it's a, it's a really good shout, Sonia. But this year, they're obviously asking for a donation to uh, the works of the Ireland Funds. So your gift will help them continue uh, their support for Irish charities at this really difficult time. Our own chosen charity partner is, of course, Jigsaw.ie. They're an Irish uh, youth mental health charity that does incredible work across all communities back home in Ireland. So I'd encourage you to support them. But this is our first event what what do you say to people that are are right now going well do i give this a go sonia i think everybody should sign up for it you know that's the easiest thing to get you out the door and you know running is to commit to an event Mm -hmm. and you know it's not a race it's a fun run and this is the perfect event really for us to get started because being a virtual global run, it takes place all over the world. And that's when it was not a virtual run. It also took place all over the world because the Ireland Funds has chapters in countries all over the world and they contribute to charities in the country where they're located, Mm -hmm. as well as linking the countries with charities in Ireland. So it's a really global and international organization. And the young leaders have this global 5K every September. We used to have a leaderboard and you could have, you know, you'd list down the people in the different countries as the races were taking or the runs were taking place through the different time zones. But this year you can do it any time you like and enter in your your time and your location where you did your run. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see where everybody's doing their 5K. It's, It's great. You know, for us to get started here and to commit to running a 5k on the 19th or the 20th of September you can do this and um you know by doing that so how many weeks away is that three it's um three three and a bit it's less is it only only three weeks away okay (laughs) we have three weeks to go (laughs) that's okay well it does focus the mind you're so right that the second you said it to me I was like Right. Well, this is happening. And last weekend, I obviously went to Ashford Castle for my 40th birthday. You can send the cards to Irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and 
They have the most amazing running trail, as you said, through the woods, along by the river. Just stunning. And I, I took on board your advice, Sonia. Now, I did roughly 5K and I honestly felt so exhilarated. First of all, to have actually done it, to have taken on board some of what you said about relaxation and actually relaxing, not doing more than I think I could and also not feeling sore like I wasn't sore the next day. I, I I don't know. It's hard for me to come on the show here and tell people about where I am with my running in this. But I, I guess I have to. I, like, I mean, that's kind of the thing. I always feel that you're kind of either bragging but then I look, I barely got there. I got to 5K and I had my new Apple Watch on. And honestly, Sonia, the the rush of endorphins afterwards was phenomenal. I, I don't know what your advice would be to me now that we're headed towards September 19th. But now that I've done that, what do I do this week to keep it interesting while doing, as we said, the tortoise, not the hare, slow build of mileage. Well, I suppose the real big positive is that you've completed 5K, so you know you can do it. Hmm. And most people can do 5K. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to run the full 5K when you're starting out. But if you decide or work out in your head how long it's going to take you to cover 5k. Now, whether you walk some, jog some, run some, sprint some, there's lots of different, I suppose, types of running you can do to cover the ground. And most people can probably do it in about an hour. So you've got to commit to yourself an hour. And then once you've done your 5k, then you get in your head, okay, how can I do this better? And it's it's really interesting how you can improve a lot, especially if you've done quite a bit of walking in your first 5K, because there's no problem walking if you're starting to run. So a combination of walking and running to get you there. And then you're building up to being able to complete the full 5K in a run. Right. Now, if you can do that already, then you kind of think, OK, well, how, how long does it take you to run? The 5K, um, well, you know what? The 5K, you, you told me the. Um, I don't know if off the top of my head, but you told me uh, about an amazing app, and I guess we will have our first of many gadgetry episodes of the show where we recommend the app to use to track and the uh, the best. I guess watch. I mean, I'm not encouraging listeners to spend this crazy amount of money on these things, but. You know, having Strava, that's the app that you recommended to chart it for me, was incredible. Uh, like I couldn't get over uh, how much I appreciated the feedback. You know, maybe I am. Maybe that is just the comedian in me that always wants approval for the things that I do. But for the listeners, n knowing that you can look back on it and see what your heart rate was. So I did it in 35 minutes, which that's is pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm pretty first time out. That's, that's very good. I'm pretty happy. Yeah. But I think yeah, what I'll, we'll have to, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to follow you on Strava now so yeah. I can give you some 
kudos. <laughs> okay, great. Well, let's do that. Have for you got the, that far yet? Have you? Uh, let's get the li- <laughs> let's try and get a listeners group together on Strava for uh, the Irishman running abroad, and let's tee up where we're going next week, Sonia. Um, as you said, slow build, but look, that does lead t- to boredom, and there is that. There is that fear and probably the second top reason for people dropping out next to injury is the mental fatigue that they suffer. So next week on the show, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the psychology and the mental health benefits, obviously, of running, but also the mindset and how to avoid that dreaded boredom kicking in. What Sonia does, (laughs) what other people do. And maybe we'll look at some unusual things that we've stumbled across. So I guess the two of us, Sonia, will head away and have a think about this. And I would encourage all of you to get in touch. Irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com. I read and reply to every single one. And from next week onwards, I'm going to be pinging them forward to Sonia to get her feedback. So you might even get feedback from Sonia herself. Uh, But how are you? How are your how's your running going this week, Sonia? Well, I actually had a good weekend of running last weekend. I was away in Kerry for a couple of days and we had a Saturday run club where we invited some people to join us. Lovely. Um, and we did some running, I suppose, a bit of a running clinic. We did some we did some running and we did some warm up routines and stretches and strength work. So probably a, a lot of what we discussed there today, sharing with young people we had a young 13 year old girl come along who was very light on her feet and enthusiastic and that was really good fun Hmm. and then we had a lot of people who you know were marathon runners but you know kind of wanted to learn more about Hmm. breaking down the running and you know it's not just going out there for an hour but you can break it down and make it a little bit more interesting and improve your running technique and form so we helped a few people with that and then I stayed around down in Ballyhigh and went for a run around Kerry Head on Sunday with a group of runners um, from St. Brendan's Athletic Club. They met at the castle gates there of the Ballyhigh Golf Club, which was a beautiful setting to start off on. I can post up a picture later and show you. And, you know, there was just normal runners, all levels, and we just ran around together for an hour and a half. It was a good long run. It wasn't the nicest weather. I ran there previously on a stunning, sunny day and it was just beautiful. But but it was still nice. It was beautiful to run around. It was a big climb up to the point of Kerry Head and then an amazing run down looking over the sea beautiful. back into Valley Hike. So, you know, you you put in all the hard work early and then you enjoy the downhill run to the finish. It's fantastic. And, and great to share it with people. We did a lot of chatting and talking. And um, so the time then just went by quickly. So that's another area we can discuss is, you know, if you run by yourself or you meet up and you run with people and some people like to run alone, others like company. And I always find if you run with people, the time goes by a lot quicker. Well, I can't wait to get into that. I I really can't wait to get into that next week and talk about that aspect of things, because I definitely am someone with a low boredom threshold. And uh, I, I guess at this point, I'm a little bit scared of running with earphones on, especially on a road. The roads around here in Meath, where I am, 
are pretty dangerous. <laughs> you just oh, I'm don't want to get. I'll have to look up a nice spot for you to run. There must be somewhere up mm. there we can get you off the road. <laughs> good, good. Well, look, Sonia, I am loving it. The chat so far have been great. I'm delighted. Now we've got our first full episode in the can. Massive thanks to Brian Connolly, my producer, as always. John Marr, my researcher. Tina and Mikey, as always, for making it possible. To all of you for listening and jumping on board. Come with us for the Ireland Funds 5K, their online 5K event. Just to reiterate, Saturday, 19th of September or Sunday, you can do it either. It's a remote global 5K and you uh, join up at irelandfunds.org. Thank you, Sonia. This is uh, great. Let's uh, let's keep it going and I'll talk to you next week. I look forward to joining you next week and happy running for the, <laughs> the rest of the week. Thanks a lot.